Welcome to Life Science Today, your source for stories, insights, and trends across the life science industry. I'm your host, Dr. Noah Goodson. This week, gene therapy approval, opioid costs continue, a $650 million deal, and a $3.5 billion RNA partnership. The views expressed on Life Science Today are those of the host and guests. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any organizations with which they are affiliated. Bluebird Bio has overcome a long string of challenges from dropping stock prices through an organizational split and come out the other side with some good news this week. Their gene therapy for the treatment of beta thalassemia has been approved by the FDA. Sold as Zintegro, the therapy is specific to the rare blood disorder that causes reduction in the production of hemoglobin, resulting in anemia. While relatively rare in the U.S., beta thalassemia is much more common in certain regions of the world, including the Mediterranean, Middle East, Africa, and Central Asia. In severe cases, regular blood transfusions can be required. This FDA approval only accounts for those most extreme cases, an estimated 1,300 to 1,500 individuals in the United States who would fall into this category. The rarity, along with the expense of the development and the net disease burden, are contributing to the staggering proposed cost of $2.8 million. If approved, it would be the most expensive therapy in the world. Now, that puts the total potential value of the therapy in the United States at $4.2 billion, assuming total uptake and cost alignment, both of which appear unlikely. To expand further, that leaves a financial strategy of going global, but if you do that, who will pay? Numerous organizations have faced challenges rolling out expensive therapies in Europe, for example. All of these factors continue to place questions on just how gene therapy for ultra-rare diseases will be rolled out at scale globally. You may recall Bluebird Bio split off their oncology operation to 70 Bio in November of last year to protect those assets and place them in a clear developmental silo. Now, with one approval under Bluebird's belt, they'll hope that Zintegro will get cost approvals and leverage those sales to push towards their much higher potential revenue gene therapies to treat cerebral adrenoleukodystrophy and sickle cell disease. It does mark a major success for the future of this industry and for those patients who it may impact, but the market response also shows that gene therapies have yet to realize a clear financial path forward to sustainable investment. We spoke a couple of weeks ago about the dark side of the life science industry. One of the current most far-reaching shadows is the impact of the opioid epidemic on communities across the United States. As state and federal agencies continue to bring resolution and solutions to the ongoing crisis outcomes, the lawsuits impacting organizations seem to be an endless tide. Some companies, like Teva, mentioned in episode 109, are hoping to prevent total fiscal implosion by negotiating group settlements. Other organizations are moving into bankruptcy and restructuring. This is the case for Indo International, who filed for bankruptcy due to an $8 billion lawsuit debt. These kinds of losses, particularly as they build over time, can impact even deep revenue streams. While down year over year, Indo still posted $569 million in Q2 revenue, Despite being on track for a multi-billion dollar year, there was no way to offset the legal losses in the near future. The reach of these lawsuits has not stopped with the manufacturers. Indeed, 
Last week, CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart in Ohio were ordered to pay a combined $650 million for oversupply within several rural counties. Now, this might seem a bit preposterous on the surface. After all, how could a pharmacy who simply fills prescriptions be responsible for their supply in the market? Well, as an article in the Washington Post noted, between 2012 and 2016, the pharmacies dispensed 61 million opioid pills in Lake County, Ohio, a number sufficient to supply every man, woman, and child in the county with 265 pills. It's unlikely that such a demand went unnoticed by the retailers, but according to the lawsuit, it certainly went unchecked. The success of this suit will likely lead to further targeting of pharmacies, particularly as the manufacturers of opioids continue to drop out of economic access through any means possible. Genentech has signed a deal for the exclusive worldwide distribution of the prostate cancer therapeutic in development by the Chinese pharmaceutical company Gemcare. The deal for the androgen receptor degrader gives Gemcare $60 million upfront and $590 million in milestone payments. Genentech will take over the development and commercialization worldwide of the therapy. The deal is a solid one for Gemcare, who will hand over the heavy lifting to Genentech to take the product forward. Compared to other co-development Biobux deals, this is really more of an asset acquisition. Genentech is buying the rights to develop and commercialize with Gemincare stepping back. I've been saying this on the show all year, that many of the pharma companies are looking for the right opportunities to expand and reestablish their pipelines in post-pandemic markets. And I think as we enter the back half of 2022, you'll see more and more of these deals, whether it's acquisitions, biobucks, or just targeted investment. I expect to see a number of these companies really redefine their pipelines and the technologies they're banking on. In this case, it's really neither. It's just a classic safe bet on an oral inhibitor in a known space. But it still shows the deal movement is increasing in the back half of 2022. Merck, MSD outside the U.S., has closed a deal with the RNA therapeutics company Orna for $150 million upfront and a potential $3.5 billion in milestones to develop the proprietary ORNA LMP platform in which circular RNAs are delivered via lipid nanoparticles. The LMPs can be targeted through various means to specific cells or tissues, opening up a range of therapeutic options. The basic idea is targeted delivery of RNA to drive expression of certain proteins. There are practically endless potential applications if each step in the delivery and launch process works. Now, there are a lot of technical details to actually get right for this to become a reality. But with the success of other RNA-based approaches, think Moderna, it's not surprising that Merck is willing to sign on early. It's also not surprising that Orna closed a $221 million Series B at the same time as their deal with Merck was announced. This places them in an excellent position for a biotech startup in 2022. Well-funded with clear runway and existing pharma partnerships to move into development and commercialization. Now, they can focus on the clear work of developing their preclinical assets into viable therapeutics. For Merck, this is the second move in two weeks to expand their pipeline, with a $1.1 billion deal inked the week before with Cerevance to pursue Alzheimer's therapies and potential additional deals circulating in the rumor mill. (laughs) 
Thanks for joining me for Life Science Today, your source for stories, insights, and trends across the life science industry. Learn more on lifesciencetodaypodcast.com. And if you like what you hear, please tell a friend. Once again, I'm Dr. Noah Goodson. I'll see you next week. Thank you.